Welcome to Analyze Bliss. This is Miles Chisholm. Um, in this episode, Allison and I talk about the power of good enough, and we get into the ups and downs of playing the game of being good enough, and in large part, looking at the theme of trying to be flexible with how we value ourselves and with others and with society and whether or not doing so is like like going into a casino. Um, I really enjoyed this episode with Allison, and I hope you do as well. Allison, you had a pretty you you had a topic you wanted to discuss. Something we've talked about many times um, over over several years, and you had a you had a catchy name for it. How'd you describe it? I described it as the power of good enough. The power of good enough. Yes. Yeah. So I thought we could start with you giving your pitch as to the power of good enough. This is something you've, you've, I would say, helped me to wrap my head around quite a bit. And I've had, I've had a journey up and down with the, with the whole theme of good enough. But uh, you said, did you have a something like an article that you wanted to share on this topic, or just wanted to get started with your thoughts on the matter? No, I just I I think it's a really nice follow up to the conversation around self compassion that we had the other night, um, and you know the the idea of. Well, in, in the case that I often conceptualize it, uh, in the case of parenting, um, or, you know, you could apply it to, uh, a relationship as well, recognizing that it's not about lowering your standards, but adjusting your expectations. And a lot of times the expectations that I think society kind of puts on us, both as parents and in a relationship are impossible and Mm -hmm. when we can look at how you know being good enough or doing good Mm -hmm. enough i think that can help us to adjust our expectations and be realistic and then in turn of course be compassionate toward ourselves be compassionate to our partner and our children that um, and and to you know our communities and and the people that surround us. There's so many different parts there. The first one that I mean, the one that really sticks out to me is the one around parenting. Um, <clears throat> probably because I I have a strong I have a strong like pull when it comes to good enough parenting the expectations put on us and what what my expectations are of myself as a parent, how they were hmm, five years ago to what they are today. Like when you work with clients on that topic, like let's say new parents, what's, What's a common thing that they're bringing up 
as a struggle? Oh, gosh. I mean, I think so many common things do come up. Um, you know, my house is a mess. Uh, we're not sleeping. Um, you know, the baby's 10 minutes old and it's not sleeping through the night yet. Um, I, I want to lose the baby weight, but it's Mm -hmm. been six weeks. Um, you know, these, these pieces that I think kind of settle in pretty easily because they come from these societal expectations. Yeah. And and how do you, how do you help them to find that balance? Like there's raising that awareness that the, that the expectations are coming from society. That's, that's obviously not enough for them to go, okay, society has these expectations of me. Therefore I'm, I'm not going to set them on myself. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's a, a pretty tricky question to answer in, in one way, because, you know, I think everybody's different. Um, (coughs) but I think it is a matter of sort of looking at the expectations, um, that we have of ourselves, where they're coming from and seeing, do these really fit with our family values and what I want for my family or what we want for our family? Yeah. Well, so there's that piece where, yeah, it's like, is it what I want for my family? Okay. For yourself, what, what expectations or what, think about this. Is there something that you felt wasn't good enough at first, but has shifted significantly towards that 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 good enough zone well for sure um you know i i remember when our first was born the the first few days um breastfeeding was incredibly painful and yet i i had this this important goal in mind that you know that will be how we feed our baby and I will exclusively breastfeed. And I didn't know that pumping and then bottle feeding was even an option Mm -hmm. because I thought, Oh, that's not exclusively breastfeeding and it's going to confuse the baby until Robin showed up. Our our friend showed up at our house for a few days and was like, "Uh, no, if it hurts that much, why don't you start pumping? Why don't you try this? So this expectation that I had that, you know, I think does come from these societal pressures that if you're not breastfeeding your baby exclusively, well, then you're, you're already not doing a good enough. Well, actually I shouldn't say a good enough job because that's kind of, um, the exact same thing that we're talking about is actually the same trap. Yeah. 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 But it's, it's not, it's not, uh, it's not the right way. It's not the best way. You're not doing this properly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as I, <coughs> 
as we've had more kids, as I've sort of broadened my my horizons through talking with other people and and being able to adjust my own expectations and my own understanding of these things, I realize that it's really important to do what works for you. And what works for you does not necessarily mean what, I don't know, that best-selling parenting book says is the right way to do things. What works for you is actually what is good enough. Yeah, the, the piece, I guess the piece I'm, I get stuck with is when it comes to being good enough, <clears throat> I would say the easiest way is to look at how, for myself, like as an individual, being good enough in the domain of the big one being a good enough, a good enough parent. There's, I certainly set a lot of high expectations of myself that I don't do, I don't do willingly. It's more just compelled to. There's this there's this pull, there's, there's, it, it might be a, it might be a passion. It might be just an orientation toward a certain set of goals that are in alignment with my values. And, and as a result that, that involves these high expectations. Um, and then the high expectations are very, it can be very precarious. So as long as the expectations are being met, it's like, great, fantastic. Let's keep going. The moment those expectations are not met, then there's this crash. Mm -hmm. There's this, this deep sense of I'm, well, I'm not good enough. And it's, and it's, and the, and the challenge is how to find that balance versus saying, well, you can't set expectations like that. Versus this default of just getting reoriented back to that. Because it seems to be in accordance with, with my values. It's, it's funny how the values piece is strongly aligned with expectations. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, that is kind of tricky too, right? Because you... Um... You know, uh, here I am saying, well, just adjust your expectations. And, you know, you're saying, well, that doesn't align with my values. My values are these, you know, and I can't, I can't adjust that because they're yeah. high up here. Yeah. And th this values piece didn't really come to mind until we, until we're just talking about it now, but it, it seems like they're, they're not mutually exclusive mm -hmm. there there has to be some sort of association between them and naturally with as we change our values adapt change it's it's a it's a strong approach to say well you need to just change your values <laughs> you know <laughs> that doesn't sound like the healthiest way to approach it 
but I can't think of another strategy in which to have that conversation. I don't know if it is ever about changing your values necessarily, but it could it be about adapting, adapting to the time and the place and the situation that you're in? Because imagine, imagine your values are to exclusively hand wash the dishes for the rest of your life. Fine. That's, you know, that's a pretty neutral value. If that's Mm. what you really want to do. Okay. But at what cost? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's less of a cost to me because you're the one in our family that has agreed to wash the dishes forever. Um, (laughs) And that's great. But there is still a cost for me because that implies if you're hand washing the dishes every single night, you know, you're less present with the kids. Mm -hmm. So on some levels, yeah, something does have to give, right? Yeah. Cool. Let's, let's get a dishwasher. Let's, let's fix our dishwasher in our case. Um, (laughs) But I, I, I do think that aligns with the values piece as well, because you, you are kind of saying, I have to shift my values. I don't have to change them. I don't have to become a different person, but I do have to shift and adapt what my values are, mm-hmm. which I think is, is a part of maturing and growing just as a human being in general. Yeah. Yeah. So something I wanted to bring up that our friend Ryan mentioned about about a year or so ago that really struck me on this idea of, of good enough that even telling, telling ourselves, telling myself I'm good enough can be, can also be a bit of a, a, it's almost like going into a casino (laughs) um, where Sometimes you're going to play the, I'm doing a good enough job and, and you're winning at it. It's, and and you're up, but then there's other times where you're trying to tell yourself you're good enough and it's not, it's not affecting you, but you put a lot of dependence upon this idea that says I'm doing a good enough job. And, but, but it's because you put that dependence upon it and it's not, you're not getting that, that that feedback that tells you you're doing a good enough job, you're, you're, you're crashing, you're coming Mm -hmm. down. And so there's this up and down that goes along with it. Yeah. And, and to, to this casino analogy, ultimately the house wins. And, and so it raises this question, why do you keep going into the casino? Right. Um, with this up and down game, you're kind of gambling with it. Why does it matter whether or not you're doing a good enough job where it just doesn't, it just doesn't matter. And this, this really struck with me because it it was a, for the time it was a, a big paradigm shift around not depending on doing a good enough job. Where it's like, maybe I am, maybe I'm not. Maybe it doesn't matter. And when it when that happened, 
I, I found myself quite liberated because I wasn't, I just, I just had this moment of, hey, I don't want to walk in the casino or I don't even have, I, I can choose not to. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that felt pretty, pretty profound because I, my whole life I didn't know I had a choice to not do that. Mm-hmm. I think that is part of, too, like the, the power of good enough, right, is knowing that you have a choice and you can, you can go into the casino or not. You know, you don't have to follow these expectations that are, again, impossible. You can, you can do what works for you. And that is good. Mm. I think, I think when I hear the phrase good enough for me, it, it helps me to take out that tendency toward perfectionism. Which mm-hmm. I do think is always a bit of a gamble, right? Yeah. That perfectionism. And so by, by allowing ourselves to say, I'm not going to even walk, <laughs> excuse me, <clears throat> I'm not going to even walk into the casino. We're freeing ourselves. Yeah. I'm having to do that really painful dance with these expectations, with that tendency toward perfectionism to do things this way because it's the best way or it's the only way or it's the right way. Well, gosh, I mean, sure, there are right and wrong things, of course. But when it comes to, again, breastfeeding or, or, or bottle feeding or whatever way you're going to feed your baby, well, obviously, if you're, you know, choosing a, a way that that is going to sustain your child, do what works for you. And that is good because it is enough. Yeah. Um, it, so is that, do you see that, do you see a difference between what you're saying as in like what works for you as the same as not going into the casino? I, I think so. Maybe that's not the point you're trying to get across. But I do see that, you know, that that can be comparable. It's, it's, it's a thought that I don't, that I'm still musing about. I'm still trying to make sense of. There, there is a liberation about not, not satisfying my um, self-esteem based on the expectations of others not feeding my sense of worthiness based on that like you know just coming back to core beliefs um or coming coming i guess i'm bringing it up for the first time but to the point of of core beliefs core beliefs are very much in alignment with what our values are or our views are and the ones that really that come out with clients in therapy is 
a, a very typical one for people struggling with anxiety or depression. If they're struggling with low self-esteem. There's the core belief that says, I am not good enough. Mm -hmm. I am not worthy of getting better, for example. And when it comes to something like, I am not good enough, then with, it's like, well, I don't know if, if it's enough to just say, I'm just going to obliterate that core belief altogether <laughs> and have it as whatever. It doesn't matter. Well, of course. And that's certainly not what I'm saying either. Like, mm -hmm. that's impossible. Mm -hmm. You can't just say like, I don't really like this core belief anymore, so I'm going to get rid of it. Yeah. Well, no. Yeah, I certainly don't want to just deny its existence. There's also, but what comes to mind is not wanting to, not wanting to feed it. Mm-hmm. Like when, I, when someone comes in with, I'm struggling with, I'm not good enough. Well, we look at, typically I work with them to try to find evidence that identifies why they are good enough. What are the like good enough examples of even just something they've done in the past day or week that are great indicators of that. So it's finding evidence for the alternative to find this and then, and then really reinforce this, this alternative core belief. So then they're shifting the needle over. But, uh, but then in, in a situation like that, we're now just evidence dependent. Mm -hmm. Well, I haven't fed the evidence enough lately. I must not be good enough. And, and that's, that's, that's moving from what was a big problem to a new form of def dependence. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't sound healthy. So is, 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 there, a, is there a plan C <laughs> where it's, you know, I'm not, I'm, we're not going to play that game anymore. Does it end up being a dependence on something else? Or can you just break free altogether? Well, but when you're working with core beliefs, is that the only thing? Is that the only recommended sort of treatment or intervention that you would use? No. That's, but it, it, okay. When it comes to if they're saying that they're struggling with this, I orient towards, well, we have a tool for that. Mm -hmm, for sure. And it can be really handy. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I guess what I'm getting at, though, is it's not the only thing. No, it's not. It certainly isn't. And, and, and conversations like this are really helpful for me to recognize the value but limits of CBT. I've really found... It's it's great to go, okay, oh, you're struggling with this? I have a prescription for you. I have a prescribed tool that you can put into practice. But that might be more of a, uh, a, a like a support mechanism that you can then use for a while like a crutch, and then eventually you don't need it anymore. Yeah. Yeah, so that you're running independent of all that mm -hmm. like I'm, I'm thinking even in the last 
even in the last year, I've personally seen a lot of shifts and and let me know if if you've seen this a well a lot like seen this in me as well a lot of shift in how I've related to the the ups and downs of good enough mm-hmm. where I would notice myself really feeling like worked up or just agitated. It's amazing how the not being, not feeling good enough <laughs> doesn't come out as such immediately. It instead comes out as just irritable of little things and just high levels of stress. And then the stress can just hit this peak where I'm, I'm sort of hitting a crash and I'm, I'm finally acknowledging that, yeah, I'm, 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 I have these high expectations of myself and I'm, and I'm just, and it's because I'm, I'm not feeling good enough there. It's like, it, it needs to get to that point where you go, okay, that's what's going on. Here we go again. And then, and then it's sort of a, a reset. I'm noticing far fewer of those situations I would say in the last year and I don't think it's because I'm consciously you know always checking on that am I am I doing a good enough job I I notice myself not asking myself that as much Mm -hmm. am I doing a good enough job like that sort of difficult to answer question which feels which certainly feels liberating yeah, I mean, I, I certainly have seen that shift in in you, of course, and in, then in the way that you relate to kind of our family and, and our family values and our family duties even. Um, what, what do you, would you say is, are, are some of the contributing factors to that shift that's happening? I don't know if it's, if it's, If it is telling myself I'm not playing that game anymore. I don't know if that is a big part of it, but that's that's the first thing that comes to mind. And there's only so much of I, I can do with telling myself I'm not playing that because there's that there's that conscious mind that says, I'm not doing that, but the subconscious mind says, Yeah, but this is the game we've always <laughs> played. So what are we going to play instead? That that just seems to be the one piece. And the other part is when I'm more at risk of getting into that state, it's it's probably just uh, passing a a certain threshold of stress on my mind and body. Mm-hmm. And it might be, you know, coming out of that first year like again of of that newborn stage you know our youngest being two two years old now i think that certainly makes the stressors um much much lower so it'll be interesting to see how this theory is tested out (laughs) 
um, when our new child comes around in the summer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So as you're talking, like, it sounds like, you know, you've really identified this. Um, I don't know if you want to call it a core belief in this context um, for you or that, that sort of that mind game that you're talking about playing. <coughs> you have, you've identified it and you've recognized how it plays into different dynamics of your life. And you've, you've given your, you know, that wise mind or that sort of rational mind, a voice here saying, I'm not playing that game. Even though, like you said, your subconscious mind comes back and is like, well, then what are we playing? Cause we're always going to be playing. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's what's familiar to it. So it's going to try to keep coming back and, and bringing you back into that game. So I, I see that you've, you know, you've sort of identified those pieces. You've used things like, to put it in kind of broad therapy language, some positive self-talk, some, you know, identifying the thinking traps that you fall into, um, some reframing. As you're, as you're talking about this and kind of hearing the things that you've done, what are some of the feelings that come up for you around this? Well, the liberation is the biggest one. Yeah. To be free of... To be free of something that is dependent on environmental factors. Mm -hmm. that, that is... That, that feels incredibly good where to be it's funny to say like it's funny to say i'm gonna feel good enough whether i'm doing performing to my standards or not to be okay with not living in accordance with my values but also not giving up but recognizing I'm not living in accordance with my values. The values that perhaps when I initially thought of them were dependent upon certain factors. And, and to, to say, I'm not going to do that anymore. Or it's time for this value to flex. Mm -hmm. And to, to flex quite regularly to flex so much that 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 flexibility may be so dependent on like or go from day to day or week to week yeah this is this makes me think of um there's there's a couple there's several verses that come to mind from the Tao Te Ching around a lot of promotion on on, on being like flexibility that 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 kind of comes in accordance with like a bit of surrender, mm -hmm. surrendering, letting go, and and that I have to come back to the the particular verse, but perfectionism, the living in perfection involves so much surrender mm -hmm. and so much flexibility, which from one one perspective could seem like you have no values then 
and it's like, well, let's look at this value system in every single moment, mm -hmm. which is wild to say, I have no static values. Like that, that almost sounds like, well, you sound like a jellyfish. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or, or you sound like, uh, well, it's funny if it, if it is a jellyfish, because jellyfish can live in almost any, like so many conditions. Um, yeah, but they're gross and they can sting <laughs> you. So, <laughs> but well, to think of something that maybe is less, less discussed evoking, <laughs> um, I've heard the flexibility piece being referred to like, you know, like say with a palm tree, palm trees, um, in, in tropical areas, like in tropical areas, there are, there's beautiful weather and then there are hurricanes and that palm tree just bends. Like mm -hmm. it's, it's not like an oak, you know, oaks don't do well in hurricanes. They are like, they're good. They're good. And then they're not good. And they snap. And they and they and they rip apart. Um, whereas a palm tree is just nimble. It's it's bending right down, but it's coming right back up once yep. the storm is over. I think that's a really beautiful example because it it highlights that, you know, this palm tree, you as a parent, you as a partner, you still have an essence or or an essential part of you. There there is there are still values there you can bend with, you know, this palm tree with the weather. And yet when the weather is, um, not hurricane E, you can, you provide shade, you provide nourishment, uh, you provide housing for birds. And I guess, I don't really know if birds live in palm trees, but I imagine <coughs> it has purpose in, in the, the good times, like seeming good times and can adapt in those seeming bad times or the stormy times. And I think that is, is such a great example to highlight, you know, and particularly again, kind of focusing on that new parenting stage of life where it can feel a bit like your life is all of a sudden you're in a hurricane with the transition that this is. And yet, you know, you're you're bending you're adapting you're you're not snapping necessarily under the pressure mm -hmm. some pe some people do for sure we feel like it but that's also when we we enlist support we reach out for help and we figure out how we can bend and flex our essence and our purpose and our our values our core values stay the same who we are stays the same i mean yeah, we can talk about the identity shift of parenthood in another time, another conversation, but mm. essentially we stay the same. Yeah. That doesn't mean that you have to throw all your values out the window. Mm -hmm. I really love that example. I, I often think too of like, you know, before we were parents, oh, we'll never give our kids chocolate until they're like eight. <laughs> Forget that, you know, like... <laughs> Our youngest has had so much more chocolate than the other two because the other two are older and they get more treats. And, you know, um, it's, it's just sort of how it goes. But that doesn't mean that, you know, you're a bad parent. If you've given your, I mean, I don't know, your small child chocolate or a candy. Does yeah. that, does that like, 
does that change your values mm-hmm. entirely? I don't think so. Yeah. And if, if it, that is changing your values, you know, whether we've given our, our um, one-year-old, for example, chocolate or not, that, then maybe we need to be looking at what our values really are. Yeah. If that's, if that's my criteria for mm-hmm. becoming a good parent or for being a, a good parent and not just a good enough parent, but a, a great, you know, exceptional parent, if those are my values, I'll, I'm going to want to look at what, what really, you know, all of my values are. Yeah. If that's my standard, mm-hmm. that something's got to shift there. If that's how I measure my success. Yeah. Yeah. Well, having, having that. That's that expectation. Um, and it, like, like coming back to the chocolate, I'm not giving my chocolate, I'm not giving chocolate to my children until they reach a certain age. And then you, you're, you're in it and you recognize I can't, I can't keep that, that expectation going. It's like, you can go one of two ways. You can, you can decide to shift that expectation and value, or you can still hold it and you're contradicting yourself mm-hmm. and you're just, you're just, you're just feeling ashamed, mm-hmm. feeling guilty. You're just feeling like I'm such a hypocrite. Yep. And I forget which, where I read this, but it was something to the effect of hypocrisy is, can be a critical moment before change Mm, interesting yeah where it's like if when you can we can recognize the hypocrisy in ourselves that can be a great opportunity to to make a change in ourselves it could be reverting back (coughs) it could be reverting back to where we were before or it could be going hey that's maybe that's not realistic yeah. Yeah. And, and it's that realism piece as well that I think, you know, we often have, we often have struggles with as parents or, or even in a new relationship, but to kind of stick with that, um, new parenting dynamic as, as the main example here. Again, I, I come back to sort of the, that societal pressure that kind of tells us or, 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 tries to seems to try to tell us what should be realistic and what shouldn't be realistic. Mm. You know, um, all these standards and all these sort of things that make us just worry even more than we're probably naturally going to worry about screwing up our kids. Mm -hmm. And that, that really impacts our own identities as parents because we take on that stuff to such a heightened degree and yeah. and that's what makes me a good parent or not mm-hmm. when really you know giving your one-year-old a piece of chocolate cake or something on their birthday doesn't make you a good parent like does that really impact who you are as a parent should it <laughs> you know should it yeah yeah I think of all these different situations where we've particularly with parenting, we had the expectations or goals of 
I'm I'm going to restrict this. I'm going to set a goal of doing this with the kids, and then and then reality happens. And you know, it's been in these uh, six years of of parenting so far that it's unbelievable how much how much growth has happened for us as parents. I know for me, it's, it just keeps, it just keeps going. Yeah. There's, it's just like, you gotta, you gotta keep, you gotta keep adapting, adapting, adapting. Um, and, and this values piece. And that, I would say that's one among so many wonderful benefits of becoming a parent is being forced into this, this environment where you're going to get results quickly or you're going to see the effects of being inflexible with your values very quickly. What, what that's going to do to you, Mm -hmm. you're going to crash and burn. Yeah. And, and I, and I'm, I'm grateful for that. I'm I'm incredibly grateful that this is forced upon me so (laughs) much growth. Yeah. Versus the years, I guess, just to compare a bit, like the six years prior to having kids, um, even those years of, you know, being in school as a therapist, um, those early years of us being together, um, there was a lot of growth, learning a lot, but it, it peanuts compared to <laughs> just just because the, the demands aren't. It's like I can hold a value, and then I'm put to the test, and it and it's 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 uncomfortable but it's not like we got to keep moving we got you got to keep you got to you can't stop and just sit on it and just go i'm not ready to budge on this value mm-hmm. you you it's not it's not cumbersome as much and so this with with parenting with with the way of so much change is going on it's it's a lot of enforced growth Mm-hmm. I love that you highlight that the you know having having goals of course it's important right um but you highlight that the growth is sort of the priority versus I'm going to stick to these rules that I've set for our family um you know values don't necessarily have to be the same as rules Mm-hmm. <laughs> and values can be very specific, but they can also be really broad. And so that does allow you to be flexible and to grow with your values. It doesn't mean that you can't have um, like a backbone and mm-hmm. you just have to um, be wishy-washy or like a jellyfish, like you said. Having goals actually can be a really great way of being flexible and, and allowing ourselves and our whole families that whole system to grow and to, and to, um, to become stronger. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, any final points that you want to add on this topic of good enough? I've got nothing. Okay. Oh, except to say that I, I really didn't, <laughs> um, I started out not really liking this conversation because I thought we were talking about different things in a sense. When I, you were talking about good enough as in like the core belief piece. And I was talking about good enough as in like doing a good enough job, you know? Um, 
And I think we, we sort of talked our way into understanding that we were actually talking about the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but for me, you know, both of those pieces of, of both sort of nuanced versions of good enough lead me to believe that again, just like we talked about with self-compassion the other night, um, the piece around being gentle with ourselves is, is so important to, to try to recall and to try to, um, you know, be, be really kind to ourselves, not just because parenting is hard, not just because, um, life in general can be hard, (coughs) but also because when we're kind to ourselves, we're teaching our children to be kind to themselves and in turn to be kind to others. And I think that that being gentle and recognizing where we need to be flexible to adapt, to bend like those palm trees allows us to to bend in ways that aren't making us snap, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I have a feeling a lot of our topics are going to come back to a similar theme of flexibility. because yeah it's and especially when there's expectation mm-hmm. expectation of ourselves or of others it's being flexible um largely a, a being flexible due to all those factors out of our control the environmental situations other people that we're dealing with um yeah so so many things that change that even if we were somehow static in the same, there's like, there's so much that's changing around us and, and play into those stressors that to not be flexible and to just hold on to willpower mm-hmm. is, is just a, a ticking time bomb. I just thought of a, a really, um, maybe not great example for anybody else, but just really something that kind of, um, I see how I'm, uh, you know, highlighting this in our life um, you know, the other day when we all got in the car to drop you off at work and then bring the kids to the school and then, well, you know, two kids stay there. One, one comes back with me and, um, there's that time, like a big gap of like 30 minutes where, you know, you're at work already. It's really cold out. The kids have, you know, they just have to wait by the door of the school um, and I've still got the youngest in the car. What am I going to do? Well, versus, you know, rather than them sitting in the car, kind of whining and complaining of like, oh, I don't want to go to school or I, you know, I don't want to be sitting here. It's cold, whatever, whatever's going to come out. Um, you know, contrary to what we <coughs> normally do with our money, you know, we don't normally spend a lot of money going out to eat or buying, you know, uh, treats at restaurants or in the drive-thru. I ex- did exactly that. I went through the drive-thru and bought them all a muffin. So yeah, on some levels that goes against my values of, of, of our plans for kind of for our family. Like, Oh, we don't, you know, that's, that's not something that we typically do, but here's where I think you can still be very true to yourself and be very flexible according, like to, in order to meet the needs of your family, your own needs, instead of buying them like a chocolate covered donut, Mm -hmm. you buy them a muffin. 
it's a little bit healthier. I mean, it's probably not that much healthier, to be honest, but um, there's probably just as much sugar in in both um, both treats from the drive-thru. But you choose the better fit. Yeah. Right? You choose something that is more in accordance with your values. And it it does sort of impact how the rest of your day goes. Something as simple as saying, I'm going to be flexible here and kind of go against what we would normally do or what, you know, if we had a conversation, we're not just going to pick up and, and go to the drive through for, you know, just because it's not, it's not something that really crosses our minds, but that felt like a big need for me that mm-hmm. morning. Yeah. And, and I'm still able to, to as silly as it sounds, like put my whole self, you know, and, and be true to myself as I'm adapting those values. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. Yeah. That sounds, that's, I like that example. That's a great example. Bringing in a situation with um, getting the kids muffins. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, I think that, uh, that, that covers it pretty well. Thanks for listening to this episode of Analyze Bliss. If you enjoyed this episode or you have any questions or comments, we'd love to get any feedback. Um, you, we can be reached at miles at theraShift.ca. That's M-Y-L-E-S at T-H-E-R-A-S-H-I-F-T dot C-A. Thank you.